Howdy. This podcast contains explicit content. We do our best to announce potential triggers. Sources can always be found in the episode notes and picture references can be seen on our Instagram at the dog hair is free. Use the same handle at the dog hair is free to find us on all other social media platforms. Ratings and reviews really help expose the podcast to new listeners. So we'd really appreciate you all taking the time to leave us a note. Thanks for your time. The dog hair is free. Wow. Yep. So, some housekeeping <laughs> things. Mm-hmm. Um, we've already recorded this one time before, mm-hmm. and it was bad. It just it did not flow right. I I wasn't going to talk about it but since you brought it up. No, yeah, because <laughs> it, it, the majority of this one, you'll probably end up just being very quiet because you've already heard it. There's not really... It's hard for us both to I have. Wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I might just be loud and annoying for the <laughs> shit of being loud and annoying. We we don't um we can't make up genuine reaction like it it has to come from the initial like. Yeah. So we're not very good at reacting in that kind of way. Because you people deserve the best. Yeah. You person deserves the best. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we've done this already once. I, I scrubbed through my notes. I cleaned Mm -hmm. it up, made it a little bit more legible for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, still in a bad head space. (laughs) Well, they don't know that you're in a bad head space. Uh, We've, I've been in a bad head space. I'm pretty sure every episode we've opened for the past, like three, I've been like, I'm not okay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) spiders. (laughs) Just need a couple more naps i don't i need an eternal nap is what i need (laughs) Mm. well you can just you can just mosey on down to that seedy little club that that song came from and you can just hide under a table yeah that goth club yeah boom yeah boom 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 that's what you've heard for years and years and years and years and years kind of yeah just every now and then a high-pitched little yeah. But the majority of it's been <laughs> Yep. With that, today's episode is about autosclerosis. Mm-hmm. Uh we're gonna be getting into ear anatomy and some medical shit today. Um before we start, I do not intend to diagnose anyone with this information. And if you are having trouble hearing and it's affecting your abilities to complete everyday tasks. Please go see a doctor if it is available to you. Do not stick stuff in your ear. Don't stick stuff in your ear. Let's just get into it. Uh, This first part is going to be a little bit about my hearing history. So we'll try to get through it because I know it's like it's taxing to listen to other people complain about their medical shit. So around the end of college, which is around like six or seven years from this point right now, Mm -hmm. um, my ears started fucking with me. At the time, my doctors weren't able to figure out what it was. At that point, it was really just a lot of like vertigo and like feeling like my ears were full or like there was moisture caught in there. 
one of those doctors said that it might have been my eustachian tube and that it was too small and that there was an experimental procedure in Poland to stick a balloon in there to expand it. Later, we had learned... <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's it, not experimental. It's not experimental at all. And it had been a regular procedure for a while. That guy was just an idiot. I don't know. Um, later, another doctor would check my ears and he literally would just shrug. Mind you, this is in two different states. So this isn't just like one state's doctors. Like this is literally across the country, different doctors. And they're both just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second doctor... As far as his ENT, ear, nose, throat credentials go, he's, he needs to do some needs to do some uh, maintenance on them. Weed them, whacking? Yeah, <laughs> them nasal hairs that he had going on. Yeah, he had four symmetrical bushes on his face. And can't be healthy. Coming from his nose and his ears. And his eyebrows. And his eyebrows. Six symmetrical bushes. That was a lot of facial hair. It was a lot. Not all <clears throat> located in the jaw area. So, um, yeah, they always said that I was completely clean, like no wax buildup or anything. And for a long time, we just let it go because we thought maybe it was just a sensitivity to pressure, stress. I was under a ton of stress at that point. Was. Yeah. But it still am, (laughs) is. I have been for six or seven years now. (laughs) I've been in a constant state of stress for the past 10 years. Yeah. The ulcer in my stomach can tell you. (laughs) Mm Uh, So recently, like second half of 2022, we went to the ENT because there was a severe drop in my ability to hear, which people would always say, like, maybe it was just wax buildup. And I would always get slightly offended because I religiously clean my ears because I'm so worried about that because my ears are so fucking weird. Mm -hmm. So it's not earwax. (laughs) For me, it wasn't earwax. It's not my fucking earwax. I'm, I'm clean, I promise. Then we went to my current doctor, and this is the first time that anybody's ever given me a a probable possible answer. This has been my favorite doctor so far, as far as ENT goes. She's not super filtered in her reactions, which we can we'll talk about here in a second. But I I really appreciate that in a doctor. <laughs> like I I need my doctor to be a little unhinged. <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> there was one time. <laughs> There was one there was one um appointment that I went to and I walked in and she walked in and she went, "Hey, yeah, sorry. I forgot my laptop today. Somebody died." <laughs> uh, uh do we need to reschedule? And I was like, "Oh." And she was like, "Yeah, I I can't if if you need to make any changes, like you can call me later, we'll figure it out, but like I can't do that because I don't have my laptop and we're just we're really like freaking out right now, like we're trying to figure out all of this stuff because this person died and I didn't ask and I didn't have the like because in my mind I heard that and I immediately was like that's none of my business. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't have even told me that. And I'm here for my ears so I can go the fuck home." Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So I no, I didn't have the like wherewithal to be like did they die here you just went cool so am i gonna get hearing aids <laughs> <Yes>. today <laughs> i did i had no patience i was like what's going on <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 dead yeah, people yeah. right yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you gonna put more stuff in my ear today no well, okay also in my head like i'm at an ent like that hearing aids like old people like i just figured that maybe it was like a patient that had passed Some poor old lady just died on a exam table but at the, now, like every time I tell that, people are like, "They died in the hos- in in the the office," and I'm like, "Why didn't I think of that?" 
Like, yeah. I, I like, I thought that they were just freaking out because they were trying to figure out, like, their records. No. no, no, no. Like, somebody was trying to get access to their records or stuff. That's possible. Yeah. So that that's where I went. And everybody else was like, you mean they died in the office? And I'm like, I don't know. I didn't ask. It's not my fucking business. <laughs> yeah. I was there for my ears. <laughs> not some dead person's ears. Oh, Jessica. Oh, yeah. Jessica. So that's my doctor. <laughs> yeah. That's you. That's you and your doctor. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm... So, yeah, we're there. And for the first couple visits, you were there with me. For that one, you were not there with me. <laughs> no. I, I remember you coming back from that one. But for the first couple of visits, um, you were there with me. And you got to see her reactions whenever I was in the hearing, like, test chamber thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would tell me that, you know, she... I, I mean, do you want to tell her? you want me to just, like, go over it really briefly? No, I'll tell her. Okay. I was waiting for you to... Because, again, we've done this twice already. So I was waiting for you to do a nicer segue. But it looks like that's not going to happen. <clears throat> nope. So... I'm just trying to get to the point a little bit faster than we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just... Um, yeah, no, it was interesting because um, I've, I've, like, the more that I've gone with you to your appointments, mm-hmm. um, I've been really interested in the process of it and, like, the testing and mm-hmm. finding the results and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So in another life, I probably would have enjoyed being an audiologist as much as I enjoy sound and music and stuff. But, um, yeah, no, getting your um, hearing tested was interesting because they put you in the, the chamber, um, the, like, soundproof testing chamber and stuff and then she was sitting on the outside and she had a little panel like a like a mixer soundboard console stuff there was a button that she could push to to talk to you and she was she would push it and she'd go all right i'm gonna say a couple of words um, i just want you to repeat them back to me and this is when i kind of figured out like oh yeah cool she actually like understands like we're gonna get Mm -hmm. some results here Mm -hmm. and she was saying just like some random words i don't remember exactly what she said um but it was something like say cabin and then there was a pause. And she was like, say summer. And then there was a pause. And then she said, say umbrella. Say umbrella. And I was like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. So, but yeah, no, she, there were a couple more. I think she tried like maybe one or two more times to mm-hmm. get you to repeat what she said. Um, And she was wearing a mask too. They required masks in that office. Yeah. So I couldn't see her exact facial expression. Um, But she like... It, it was kind of like a like a movie moment where you see somebody like take off a headset and as they're taking the headset off they like shake their head like they just heard something that that wasn't good mm-hmm. so she's already kind of like shaking her head i'm like so so hearing loss you think she has hearing loss i couldn't see her face but i could see her eyes and her eyes just got really big and she was like are you kidding me yeah. <laughs> so yeah yeah so like and we'll get into it more like as the episode goes, but like that was just a couple of the hearing tests and and that was like the preliminary one that should have gone on longer, I feel, but she kind of had to like like piece it together and just kind of like on the fly test me because I was flunking so hard mm-hmm. on being able to hear anything. Mm-hmm. So I I remember coming out and she like looked at me before saying anything else went, so you're not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> It's like cool um no uh great to know <laughs> and then she like you know went over anything everything and showed my chart and stuff and basically based off of my results she could tell that i had autosclerosis mm-hmm. which we could talk about more later 
after we like get into like how we've had it treated and stuff. Um, but at first I, I was really happy to hear it. It, it's not a great thing to have by any means. I mean, my hearing will always progressively get worse as I age, but I, I at least have like a word for it now. Like I know what it is. And I also know that it's not anything that I've done to myself because that was always a big like stressor is mm-hmm. that it's like, am I listening to my music too loud? Am I damaging my ears? And it's not that I'm damaging my ears which it'll make sense more later, but it's it's more of a genetic thing. Girls, too late to be li- worrying about how loud you're listening to music. You guys should be in our living room, like before <laughs> she got uh, hearing aids. The neighbors could hear our TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're in a house. Jesus, so loud. So yeah, let's let's get into it. What the fuck is autosclerosis? So if we break up the name, auto means of the ear, and sclerosis means abnormal hardening of body tissue. So according to the National Institute on Deafness and Other Communication Disorders, autosclerosis is caused by abnormal bone remodeling in the middle ear. Bone remodeling is when the bone tissue renews itself by replacing old tissue with new. And this is just something that happens throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but with autosclerosis, there's an abnormal remodeling that fucks with the sound that travels from the middle ear to the inner ear. But first, let's talk about how we hear. Let's start with sound. The wiki definition of sound is a vibration that propagates as an acoustic wave through a transmission medium such as a gas, liquid, or solid. So the sound that you hear around you is a vibration of the particles around you, and those particles can be air, water, or something solid like ground. Mm -hmm. So what's happening is that the sound waves in the air are changing into electrochemical signals within the ear. And then the nerve that receives those signals sends them to the brain to be perceived. Now, that's a very brief overview. I want to get into the nitty gritty. The nitty gritty. (laughs) Thanks, Nacho. Yeah. First, let's, oh, first, talk about Nacho. I saw this on fucking TikTok, and I wish I saved the video so I can credit them. Slow (laughs) down. I thought this is the funniest thing. That new Miley Cyrus song that's out, Flowers. Okay. That's like super popular right now. Uh, sure. The key or whatever that she sings in, mm-hmm. somebody was like, every time I hear this wor- this song, I think of this. And then it cuts to like the Miley Cyrus video and it's like of her singing. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to <laughs> Nacho saying, Incarnacio. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's good. And it's so close. <laughs> it's so good. That's good. I ate some bugs, <laughs> I ate some grass, I used my hand to wipe my tears. Yeah, it's so good. Um, anyways, let's get into the nitty gritty. So first, let's take a quick, let's make a quick roadmap of the year. We have pictures on Instagram. Your abuelo could help us out with this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you have to travel 80, 72 Go 72. Did you take out 90? No, 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 Do you no, take out no. 90? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, wait. Can I... Can I... You most certainly cannot. Divert a Mm-mm. little. Mm-mm. I got excited for a roadmap. Um, I... So, I'm hoping by the time that this episode is released mm-hmm. that I will have gotten my shit together and made the YouTube and posted YouTube videos 
it's just thinking about the Instagram reminded me. So like, I swear to God, I'm trying. <laughs> I hope to get the fucking video out. That's that's a good like two or three weeks from now. So I know. I hope to God you have I your shit really together by then too. I really hope I have my shit together because <laughs> there is a great possibility that I won't. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, we're going to make a roadmap of the year. But um, go to the Instagram. First picture on the Instagram um, is a really nice little illustration of the ear so there's three sections you have the outer ear middle ear and inner ear the outer ear stuff is like all the the stuff that you can physically touch like the cartilage stuff in your earlobe um, but this also includes the ear canal and the eardrum which you should not touch don't touch those things don't touch your eardrum yeah <laughs> the middle ear sits behind the eardrum and contains some little bones and the eustachian tube Following the middle ear is the inner ear where the cochlea and the nerves and stuff are. Mm-hmm. It's cochlea. We, fight me. <laughs> yeah, fight me. Want to fight about it? <laughs> we, in the previous, the last time that we tried to record this, I couldn't figure out if it was cochlea or cochlea. And I found like three separate videos and all of them said cochlea. Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. Not to be confused with a cloaca, which is... And that was something uh, very different <laughs> in my mind, talking and hearing it and narrating it in my mind. Mm-hmm. I kept on saying cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, uh, yes. Um, middle ear, cloaca, nerves. Cloaca, oh, nerves. Cloaca, nerves. Um, inner ear is where the cloaca and the nerves are. Cochlea. Cochlea. <laughs> Cochlea. Um, (laughs) go, go. (laughs) So, yes, the sound wave begins this process by entering the outer ear and traveling through the ear canal to the eardrum. Mm -hmm. The eardrum is a thin membrane that closes off the canal to the middle ear. And as the name suggests, it's kind of like a little drum. The sound wave hits the eardrum to create mechanical sound vibrations. And the vibrations travel past the eardrum into the middle ear, where it continues through to the three very tiny bones. These little bones are called the malleus, malleus, mm-hmm. malleus, malleus, incus, and stapes. And the Santa Maria. <laughs> <laughs> and these are the smallest bones in the body. The malleus, fuck, I, this is another one I looked up. I think it's malle, malleus, malleus. I, I think I've heard malleus. Is the it, That one is the first to be affected by the sound waves, and it jiggles the incus, which then jingles the stapes. Mm. Jiggle. Jiggle it. Jingle it. Jiggle it. Once the sound wave reaches the stapes, the foot plate of the stapes bone jiggles against a little oval whip window on the cochlea. It's I, cochlea. Yes. If it was cochlea, it would have two O's like book. All right. You're obsessing. i need uh, and on a more important note but then there's coke cochlea 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 you very aggressively stated at the beginning of this that it was cochlea (sighs) so pick a lane (laughs) and stay in it uh okay so whatever little window on the cochlea (laughs) whatever Fun fact, the malleus, incus, and stapes are Latin for hammer, anvil, and stirrup. So if we go through that little action again, the malleus or the hammer hits the incus or the anvil. Mm -hmm. Um, The stapes is a stirrup because it kind of looks like a stirrup. 
So like. Because they couldn't figure out any better name. I for know. It. Yeah, I do, and but also like it, to propel the next step, like it's like the stirrup is put on the boot so it can jab the horse, so it's, it like jabs the cochlea. Like I don't know. <laughs> it was the third wheel. It, I don't know. It didn't get invited, but it knew where to go. Yeah. So the cochlea is a little swirly snail looking thing that converts the vibrations to chemical signals and then to electrical signals. So look at that roadmap again. Find the snail. It is a fluid filled structure. And when the sound wave is transferred from the little jiggling bones, the fluid begins to ripple. The cochlea is separated into upper and lower sections by an elastic bacillar membrane. Bacillar just means that it sits at the base of something, so it's a membrane that is acting as a ground floor for the hearing structures to sit on. So if you're looking at that roadmap, the membrane goes all along the swirly part of the cochlea. Cool. Um, on this bacillar membrane are little hair cells. They're not literally hairs, just cells that are hair-like in structure. And they're in little bundles, so not just like single-waving hairs mm -hmm. um and they're called stereocilia uh on the second picture on the instagram you could see a cool microscopic picture of them um so that's really neat it's blue um so the fluid ripples the waves travel along the bacillar membrane affecting the little bundle of hair cells and their little hair cells are swaying with the waves and as they sway about, ion channels are opened and allow positively charged ions to enter the stereocilia. Really quick, an ion is an atom or a molecule that has an electrical charge. And a molecule is just multiple atoms together. Um, in this case, we're looking at, you were usually looking at potassium and calcium ions that are passing through the, that ion channel within the hair bundles. If you want to hear real good, just stick a banana in your... <laughs> Potassium. Yeah. That potassium is going to make you hear real good. Mm -hmm. So this next part, I, I had a hard time understanding and then explaining. So I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm not no scientist or nothing. The stereocilia does not actually activate anything itself to send a signal. It's just the amount of positively charged ions that activate a receptor potential within the cell. Which basically means that a sensory receptor is ready to go. Um, so this green light for recepting shit opens a voltage-gated calcium channel. And all of those calcium ions that had rushed in trigger a lease of neurotransmitters. A neurotransmitter is a molecule that's secreted by a neuron that affects another cell across a synapsis. Just, I, I wanted to make like a Jimmy Neutron brain, brain blast joke. Mm-hmm. But I went back and I watched a brain blast scene and it is nothing like a synapsis. So it cut that part out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't matter. And they're wrong. It's, I was, I honestly, I was looking at it and I was like, what the fuck? Like, this is nothing like a synapsis. Like, it's just a montage of like little 3D like mm -hmm. items from the show in behind with a brain in the background. Like, mm -hmm. I thought it was like actually synapsis. So anyways, um, I think I think it used to be like I think in the movie before they did the series that whole brain blast sequence used to be a lot longer and then they abridged it for the show. Maybe because I for whatever reason like I it's so stuck be, in my head. There used to be neurons like doing stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no they abridged it. Anyway. 
Um, anyways, if you look at picture number three on the Instagram, I have another illustration of like this whole synapsis neuron thing happening. Um, so you have two bulb looking things almost touching and the little particle and then there's like little particles zipping between the two mm. bulb looking things. The bulb thing is called a neuron, neuron, neuron. Neuron. No, Ron. No, Ron. No, Ron. No, Ron. <laughs> Neuron. And the action between the two is a synapsis. In this case, the top bulb would be the hair cell, a presynaptic neuron, and the bottom one is the postsynaptic neuron that is a nerve connected to the brain. The hair cell neuron is throwing uh, neurotransmitters with the mechanical sound information to the nerve then the neurotransmitters bind to a receptor on that nerve which triggers another action potential that converts the mechanical sound vibration into an electrical signal that electri electrical signal then travels from the nerve to the auditory processing parts of the brain which produces sound that you perceive wow wow um so yeah that's how you perceive sound that's cool the most interesting concept in that to me mm -hmm. is um, the whole uh, gate idea, like voltage gates. That That's the part that was really hard to like have to explain. Mm -hmm. It's well, it, you see it a lot in um, in like audio engineering mm -hmm. and just like effects and stuff in music in general. Um, and it's it's one of my favorite like effects and things to play around with. Mm -hmm. So the voltage gate is like stuff only activates if you pump a certain amount of signal through it. Mm. Um, so it's really cool and you can see it most directly in um, uh, like auto filters and auto was where the intensity of the wah, wah, wah noise mm -hmm. is like how hard you pick uh, the guitar string. So you get a really like slappy auto wah wah effect if you pick the string really hard because that sends more signal through the instrument yeah but if you pick it lighter it's more subtle if they're at all mm -hmm. um but you can you can use gates for like all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. and I've, i think i've got i think i've got like three or four different gates on my pedal board hmm. in various places yeah but it's really cool it's yeah. cool stuff I'm just making connections like neurons and synapses. Well, and here's another little fun fact that you will have fun with. Um, the hair cells at the base of the cochlea pick up higher pitch sounds where others near the middle pick up the lower pitch sounds. So if you're starting at the beginning of the swirl, that's where the higher pitch sounds are picked up. And then if you go towards the middle of the swirl, that's where the lower pitch tones, pitch Be sounds are coming in. Because lower pitch tones carry more energy. And can travel further than higher pitch tones. Yeah. Yeah. That's why if you're in your house and somebody drives by with a really loud subwoofer in their car, it penetrates your walls pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But if someone drives by listening to a flute concerto, you're probably not going to hear it. Oh, okay. Oh. Wow. Wow. Um, there, there is a bit more about how the hair cells restabilize after the ions go, ions go through, but we will, we'll move on. Yeah. I'm having fun. This is a good, this is a good talk. Um, so great. We haphazardly know how we hear. Uh, where does this fuck up to make autosclerosis a thing? It's when you're inside of your ear, B 
becomes the thing. Yeah, good. Pretty much. <laughs> so we mentioned before that there is an abnormal remodeling of bone tissue. Uh, most sources I found focus on the abnormal bone growth being around the stapes bone, but I believe otosclerosis can also include abnormal bone growth in the middle to inner ear area that affects your hearing. Um, because this is all happening, like this is within like the bone of your skull, not like in the bone, but like your skull surrounds these parts. Mm. Um, as we've gone over, the stapes is one of the three bones that sit in the middle ear that transfers the sound vibrations to the cochlea. The stapes bone footplate rests on a little oval window membrane on the cochlea that creates the ripples. Charlie, you want to play? Yeah. I know you do. Just trotted in here all fast with her bone. You did. We've, we've not. Where's that bone been? I don't know where that's been for a very long time. You good girl, Charlie. looking at me with her snaggle tooth so the stapes bone footplate rests on a little oval window membrane on the cochlea the cochlea that creates the ripples so the stapes bone itself has an abnormal bone growth like abnormal growth of bone tissue Mm -hmm. Um, that extra growth affects the quality of the sound vibration and the details to that sound are then lost by the time it's transferred to the fluid ripples and the hair cells continue to do what they can with the information that they have resulting in hearing loss, which is the biggest and most common side effect of autosclerosis. Um, There can also be vertigo, dizziness, and tinnitus, which is when you hear like ringing, roaring, or hissing sounds within your ear. And in extreme situations, death. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also very quick, you can damage the hair cells in your ear I believe that's usually called tinnitus. I didn't really look into it, but mm-hmm. that happens by just damaging mm-hmm. your ear by listening to things too loud or not wearing ear protection within like construction or being around explosions. Musicians get a lot too. Musicians, Back in yeah. the 60s through the 80s, basically, where you've got yeah. these guys standing in front of a wall of like eight four by 12 marshall cabinets yeah warfare <laughs> i mean yeah that's guns and bombs <laughs> rock and, and roll and warfare yeah so how does one contract this condition it's still relatively unknown what specifically causes autosclerosis so far doctors have noticed that it's something only humans have which is interesting it can be genetic and typically found in women Um, Men can have it as well. It's just more commonly found in, uh, how how do I say that Hmm. politically correctly? Like a female assigned at birth. Oh, I don't know. Eh, Um, People people know you're trying to be careful. The, The way that your doctor described it was that it's commonly found in, in women, um, roughly between the ages of 25 and mid 30s yeah mid 20s to mid 30s which has led them to believe that it's connected to hormones produced at that particular time in women's lives um and can happen in one or both ears unfortunately i have it in both pretty evenly Mm -hmm. um which is concerning because i'm currently 28 about to be 29 um happy birthday to you in like two days (laughs) as we're recording this not when we release this yeah so some doctors have suggested the condition could be related to a previous measles infection. 
which is interesting and in that at the time that that idea came about the vaccines were just coming out for measles so a lot of people thought that maybe autosclerosis would just go away once the vaccines had run their course unfortunately it hasn't <laughs> surprise bitch it didn't go anywhere <laughs> yeah and i'm pretty sure that i'm vaccinated i'll have to check with my parents i should have checked with my parents yeah to see if i've been vaccinated fully as a kid i think i have mm-hmm but um, other possible reasons are stress factors to the bony tissue around the inner ear or immune disorders. So, yeah, based on my current health, it's difficult for me to tell how I got this. Um, but we're going to put our money on genetic because my mom and my grandfather both have terrible hearing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, how do we uh, how do we know we have it? Quick reminder, I am not a doctor. I'm not your doctor. I'm not like. I'm not going to WebMD you. I just, I just had like a Steve Brule moment. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you, how do you know that you have it? Well, you can't, you can't, you can't hear, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> your, your ears don't work. <laughs> it's like, Stop. Oh God. Stop. It's uh, so cringy. You have the middle ace? You have anchors, you've got a steep. <laughs> it's a guardable. You, you got a rock. You, you got a you got a pick. You got a stirrup. You got a horse. <laughs> okay, shut up. No. Um, no. anyways, yeah, if, if you have really intense hearing loss, just go get your shit looked at. It's probably wax. If not, t- figure it out. Go to your doctor. <laughs> Thanks. To go figure this out, you would go to the ENT like I did. The ENT is going to give you a couple of hearing tests. If your health insurance is good, you can go get a CT scan to see what gerbil Must is running around nice. in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have a CT scan. Nope. But I did go in for the hearing test, and I, I didn't really know what hearing test I did. I, I wanted to list out the type of hearing tests. I think I took about three different types, hmm. maybe four. But she, my, like I was saying at the very beginning of this, my doctor was switching things up so quickly because I was just like flunking super hard on being able to hear anything. Mm-hmm. So she was just trying everything at that point, and she was just moving really fast. She was, yeah, she was going rapid fire. She, yeah, I didn't mention it before, but I, she probably went in and out of the room to like adjust you and like inform you. Okay, now we're doing this. Like yeah, three or four times. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm like I'm not really sure what test she did. I just know that mm-hmm. she did a few. There was one where she put like wires in my ear. There was one where it was like on my head. It wasn't actually in my ear. Mm -hmm. There was another one. I think maybe the one that was on my head was the one where it was like she would say a word, but in the background, it was like restaurant mumbling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember her describing that one. That that one was really overwhelming. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I almost was like, this is like a brain problem now. Like, it's not that I can't hear you. It's that my brain is not actively able to distinguish between, like, what you're saying and trying to, like, well, that, that I mean, that be alert for whatever's happening. That's definitely a level of, like, hearing issue. I mean, because even in your, um, in your hearing aid app, it's got a setting for crowds where yeah. it allows you to, like, mute the ambient, like, commotion mm-hmm. and focus in on whatever you want to focus in on so yeah yeah that's got to be some type of like neural processing thing yeah related to hearing 
So anyways, long story short, based off of that, like I said earlier, she showed me my charts and she was like, yeah, I can tell that you have autosclerosis because you are missing these frequencies specifically and that falls within this diagnosis. Well, you're to, to clarify, you're not necessarily missing the frequencies. Like you can, your, your problem is a decibel level. Yes. Not yeah. to like correct you on the spot. But well, I, I don't know that bullshit. I just yeah, know. Yeah. Um, she was like, you can't hear for shit. And I'm like, cool. <laughs> You're yeah. So you Help. you can hear all of the the full range of frequencies. It's just you need the volume pumped up so loud yeah. to hear them that that's your your problem is a decibel level, not a a hertz like frequency yeah. level. Um. So moving on, how do we make it stop? <laughs> there is no cure. <laughs> yeah. Um. I've got the shit for life. Uh, so far, there are two paths that I can take. Um, hearing aids, which specifically are, they've, I've got the over-the-ear kind, but there's also like the implants, in-ear, whatever else, um, or surgery. The one I chose first was the over-ear hearing aids. Uh, currently, I am using the Widex Moment Sheer 110s, mm-hmm. and I do really like them. Um, these are the ones that I purchased in the end of my trial testing period. Um, I did try a lender brand that the doc gave me, and it, it was still an entry level brand um, and like series, I guess, within that brand. Mm-hmm. So I think these two are kind of like comparable the land, lender one that she let me borrow and the Widex. Um, and I, I was miserable for those first couple of weeks. Mostly just because I wasn't used to wearing a hearing aid. Mm-hmm. So, and the the way that she explained it is that that brand was good for like hearing people talk. Mm-hmm. But the Widex we ended up looking into because it, it was good for listening to music mm-hmm. I don't as remember, well. I don't remember the actual name of the musician, um, but it's the... It's the uh, Steve Lukather, I think, I and no I'll idea. fix that in post. But I, I think, um, I think it's Steve Lukather, who's like not a licensed like spokesperson for White X, mm. but he endorses them. But anyways, I so I was trying the lenders, and and they were really difficult to get used to. But it did give me a chance to kind of figure out like what I found valuable in my day-to-day to listen to Mm -hmm. and what I needed to hear. Um, And I learned really fast that I needed to have access to personal music, Um, not just like ambient playing on a radio music, like my own music. Um, Because I I work in like a workroom type setting where I'm sewing and we're all together. It's conversational, you know, and sometimes for me to work best and efficiently I need to like really focus in so I I really needed to be able to listen to my music but also be aware to help people on my team because I am like a small leader of a small group of people Mm. so the lender ones she gave me they were entry level and what's really nice about like having hearing aids in like today's age is that a lot of the entry level hearing aids do have bluetooth streaming capabilities so I could stream my music to the hearing aids without having to wear like headphones or anything. But it it sounded really tinny. It sounded really flat. Like it it just, it really, really sucked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not what they're meant for. So it, I'm not trying to like 
rag on it too hard. It's just that's not what they're meant for. They're meant to listen to your surroundings, not music. Mm-hmm. But even like outwardly, like they just music just didn't sound the same. It was very flat and very tinny. It was like putting a little ham radio up to your ear, just listening to music through that. Like it was just really rough. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I said, you you you've got over ear hearing aids where you have the actual earbuds within the ear canal and then the hearing aids sitting over your ear so you can't wear like airpods anymore mm-hmm. you can do over ear headphones um but if the quality on the mic of the hearing aids is shit the sound quality to your music is still gonna be shit mm-hmm. so now we get to the part where taylor finds me the white x brand and i bring it up to my doctor and without missing a beat she's like oh yeah sure i usually give those to old people let's try them mm-hmm. <laughs> like but, yeah. okay all right yeah no i just i just did a search for um hearing aids for music like yeah i don't know hearing aids for musicians or yeah you know trying to find something that was good for people that care about the quality of their Mm -hmm. music in addition to being able to hear yeah um those just kept coming up as good quality so i i got them she ordered me a pair to test out we got them in a color that's close to my hair so like I'll tell people like, yeah, I've got my hearing aids in and I would have, I would have had them in for at this point, weeks to months. Mm -hmm. And they're like, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. So they're really discreet. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I took to them immediately. The sound quality is a hundred percent better. Um, I, I do still have a hard time with the over ear headphones. There can be a bit of echoing happening. You kind of have to sit them in a weird way. So it's, it's more about them being over, the mic of the hearing aid than it is about being over your ear holes. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So there's a bit of like a comfortability issue. I can't have them on for too long Mm -hmm. or it just, it gets achy. And I think that'll go away over time as I get used to shit being in my ear, Mm -hmm. but it is a bit difficult still getting used to them. I'm only about two, three months in at this point, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's, it, the sound quality is a hundred percent better even for like people talking like it doesn't sound like i'm hearing everything everything through like a hollow metal tube anymore mm-hmm. so that's really nice it it's to the point that if they're not like sitting uncomfortably in my ear i almost forget that mm-hmm. i have them like it it just sounds like i'm hearing clearly and it's really nice well and, and kind of the nice i mean there's not a whole lot of nice things about it but i guess on the bright side of the whole autosclerosis thing as opposed to something like tinnitus where it is a frequency range mm-hmm. your your issue is like i was saying it's a, a decibel level it's a gain thing I you need, need volume. you need more you need volume yeah so if you're in a situation like if you're at home and you're just hanging out um you can get that volume without your hearing aids in so like if you if you're at the end of the night and you're doing something in your office and you've just got your um your like over ears on your mm-hmm. headphones and you're listening to music you don't necessarily need your head your uh hearing aids in then to like hear the music mm-hmm. you can just turn the volume up in your headphones and you mm-hmm. can hear it just fine mm-hmm. so it's that's that's one thing to keep in mind for people listening. Like, there the autosclerosis because of the way that it affects your ear, it blocks the sound, and oftentimes more volume is what you need. Yeah. To resolve it. Yeah. So. Oh, another thing about um, the over-ear headphones too, because uh, this last time that I went to go see my doctor and like purchase the hearing aids, um, she was asking me how the music sounded because that was like a really big deal for me. Yada yada. 
And so I was like, yeah, I got these noise canceling headphones, which I, it's not that I necessarily needed noise canceling. It's just that the brand that I got didn't make the hearing aids echo. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, yeah, I got these noise canceling ones. They're really great. I'm listening to my music. And she was like, how, how, how often are you listening? Are you doing that? And I was like, well, I, I work eight hours. So, you know, I, I've got my headphones on. And so, and she, so she was like, do you need hearing aids? And I was like, what? <laughs> and she went, so you're telling me that you're wearing the hearing aids, but for eight hours in your day, you're putting noise canceling headphones over the hearing aids. Yeah. Because I don't want to be forced to not listen to people. I want to choose to not listen to people. <laughs> yeah. and, and you're doing that. And then you get home and you take them out. And I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah. No, I swear I'm using them. It's 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 when I'm taking it's when somebody needs to ask me a question and I take the earphones off. Mm-hmm. And instead of me sitting there being like, huh, what I say uh, louder, it's I can hear them immediately mm-hmm. after doing that. It's just that I, I can't deal with. I was so used to being in that like quiet little space that like now that I'm in a workroom where I can hear everybody and like even out shopping like i can hear everybody's bullshit <laughs> mm-hmm. and i just can't deal with it like i need to focus and i can't have that like extra garbage mm-hmm. going into my head it's like just leave me alone dude stop <laughs> talking so i i miss i miss being deaf a little bit <laughs> well again you still have the choice yeah so i was like no, no no <laughs> and i still bought them <laughs> yeah i need no. these hearing aids please so you're just looking out for you yeah but yeah, I'm still getting used to them. The comfortability is still kind of a problem. I'll have times during my day where I they start to feel like they're aching. And it's just that my ears are not used to having shit being shoved in them. Mm-hmm. Also, I have very tiny ears. So maybe for a normal-sized person, they they would like sit in their ears a little bit more comfortably and a bit more easy. But for me, because my ears are so small, a lot of the earbuds don't actually fit in my ear comfortably. So I right now I'm using a brand that's not Widex brand um, because it's small and it fits in my ear and it sounds all right with the settings that I have at the moment. Because hmm. that's a whole other thing is how the earbuds are shaped and how they allowed additional ambient sound through your ear. Hmm. It, that's that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the second path that may happen later down the line is surgery. This surgery is called a stapendectomy. And what happens is that the surgeon places the prosthetic into the middle ear that allows more true sound waves to the cochlea. Cochlea. God damn it. When my doctor introduced the procedure to me, she was pretty confident to say that there was a 95% success rate. But there is always a small chance that nothing changes or worse, you just go completely deaf. So I found this site, jomi.com. J-O-M-I.com. That is a whole hour-long video that has footage of the whole process. All the real-life bloody footage. But you do need a fucking subscription for it. It's not cheap either. (laughs) But you can view the first couple of minutes where there's just like basic, a basic animation of the whole process. So if you're willing to subscribe and you'd like to see for yourself, you can find it in the source links to this episode. Uh, Anyways, so first an anesthetic is injected into the surrounding area of the ear canal. Then the skin of and around the eardrum are peeled back to expose the middle ear bones. So the malleus incus stapes. Mm -hmm. The stapes 
is then separated from the incus and the little oval window membrane on the cochlea. The stapes is removed and the little oval window membrane is removed as well. And the prosthetic wind, uh, a new prosthetic window and stapes is placed. Then the eardrum and the surrounding skin is set back into place and the procedure is done. So my next thought is who was the first motherfucker to get up all up in somebody's ear to learn how to do this shit? <laughs> so for this next part, I'll be heavily sourcing a journal titled A Personal History of Stapendectomy published in 1998 and written by John J. Shea Jr. He is the founder of the Shea Clinic in Tennessee and is a very well-known name in autology. Autology? Autology? Is that it? Autology? Autology. Uh, I found this on johnsheamemorial.org. First, we'll start with Antonio Maria Valsalva of Bologna. I think that's how you say it. How are you going to have such a, like... Say it with your chest name and then end it with baloney. Of baloney. Baloney. He was an Italian physician autonomous, and in 1703, he discovered stapes fixation in a patient with progressive hearing loss. And he defined it as a, quote, dry catarrh of the middle ear, unquote. Hmm. Probably now known as auto, uh, autosclerosis. So let's time travel from the 1700s to the last quarter of the 19th century where the first attempts to mess around with the stapes begins. Which is like we're in the 1876 to 1900s time frame. I just imagine Wayne and Garth. <laughs> Whoa, we're in the 80s time frame. <laughs> uh, so this first era is labeled as the first stapes surgery era. And during this era, we have Johannes Kessel of Jena. Johannes. Johannes. That's a good name. And he begins experimenting on pigeons. That's a questionable act. (laughs) His theory is that all the shit in the ear is all dried out and it's caused by increased pressure in the inner ear fluids. Hmm. So he tests this by removing the stapes and the little oval window connected to the cochlea from pigeons and this clear fluid starts draining from the ears for eight days. (laughs) That's a lot of fluid. Yeah, you just got pigeons just like... like shit draining out of their ear. Especially for a bird. Um, so the membrane, the a membrane heals over the little oval window and the drainage stops. And he noted that while the pigeons' ears were draining the fluid, they didn't seem to lose any hearing or balance. So he's like, yeah, just take it all out, throw it away, it's fine. How do, how do you we don't know, need it. How do you know that they did... How do you did he do a hearing test for pigeons? I... Maybe he just like, you know how you, do, you remember in the you do that thing that you do with dogs where you like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you like snap like treat, near their treat. ears. Yeah, no, I mean, how the fuck did we put fucking blindfolds on spiders? We could figure this shit out. <laughs> that's, yeah, uh, that's true. No, I want to, I want to back all the way up and wonder, of all things, stop messing with my cables. It's hitting me in the head. <laughs> stop throwing your head back. <laughs> Watch that shit just like now it's just gonna fall on you. (laughs) But no, why, how, what, who, when, where (laughs) do you look at a human ear and go, I need something comparable to test my theories? (laughs) Fuck up a pigeon, pigeons, pigeon ears, those, those weird ear hole things that birds have. Yeah, that's pretty close to a human ear and smaller too. Like, damn. Mm -hmm. So in 1876. Kessel has a young woman patient who's got, quote, 
inactive chronic superative otosis media with no drum, malice, malleus, or incus, and mobilizes the stapes. And I read that like she's got no ear shit going on, but she's got the stapes. <laughs> Mobilize it. And he mobilized it. So after the operation, Kessel noted that there was some immediate hearing gain. So he just starts removing and or mobilizing the stapes and reports that, quote, some improvement in hearing and no serious complications, unquote. So after Kessel makes his reports, other doctors around the world give it a go and begin fucking with the stapes and people's uh, and people with hearing loss. In 1881, Anton von Trollich, oh yeah, get the get the phlegm in there. Trollich, Trollich, first uses the name autosclerosis to describe the hearing loss associated with the fixation of the stapes, but Frederick Frederick Siebenmann would then call it autospongios, autospongiosis in German literature. Well, because uh, sclerosis would imply that he was aware that there was a overgrowth of the bone, correct? Of bone, yeah. But spongiosis maybe can, it, it's more like a, a fibrous or like cartilage or... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just interesting to note that they were trying to label things based on what they were seeing mm-hmm. at that point in time. Uh, but, but either way, both words are still used today. Mm. Um, at the time, the U.S. had two schools of otology in New York City and Boston, and they start using the procedure as well. Uh, this journal that I'm sourcing by Dr. Shea focuses more on the Boston school. So we're looking at Clarence John Blake, M.D. He becomes chief of the oral... Oral Clinic of the Massachusetts Charitable Eye and Ear Infirmary for the spring term in 1888. And he's here to perform the stapendectomy according to Kessel's technique. But slight problem, there's a, quote, temporary loss of his right hand because of an accident, unquote. We're just going to leave it at that. And that's it. That's all (laughs) I got. Um, And his assistant, oral surgeon, Frederick L. Jack, MD, would perform the operations under supervision, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Because he had a working right hand. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, he had a working right hand. The left hand was out. Right. (laughs) So they put on one of them jackets where they like get in it together. Yeah. And one of them puts an arm through. Tied the torsos together. Uh So after the procedures in 1892... Blake and Jack would make reports that everything was great and the improvements were seen right away. But (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a like a Han Solo thing. Everything's great. Everything's Everything's fine. Everything's fine. How are you? (laughs) Uh, But like a year after this report, it turns out that things weren't so great. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knew throwing everything out of the ear wasn't a good idea? Mm -hmm. Uh, In 1893, reports of 32 patients would have bad results. Mm. Then in 1994, 70 patients would be added to that tally. Mm. And that same year, Jack states in a presentation to, quote, mobilize the stapes, then to remove them, unquote. Mm. So just like (laughs) jiggle it around a little bit. Stop throwing them out. (laughs) (laughs) Stop throwing them away. Just poke them a bit. So a quick little view on how this operation was done in ye old 1800 times. Uh, operations were performed with the patient under local anesthesia, which was achieved by injecting straight-up cocaine into the middle ear. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
that's a bit of an over-exaggeration. It was a solution of about 10% cocaine, but still cocaine in the ear. Yeah. Uh, and the doctor would have a handheld ear speculum, which is like a little metal thing that doctors use to hold your ear canal steady. And they'd have this big head mirror lantern thing. Um, it's like the ones that you see in the ye old comics and cartoons and the stuff. the ye old comics. You can't just continue to use ye old to describe. I can't. <laughs> and I will. In the ye old comics. In the ye old 1800s time, we all did cocaine. Freebasing cocaine. <laughs> I lost my house. I lost my wife. I lost my job. All because of one thing. Freebasing cocaine. <laughs> but that smoky white devil is no longer a part of my life <laughs> no longer a part of my ear drugs are not fun kid yep so it, to see what the ear speculum and the headlamp thing looked like go to pictures seven and eight on the instagram mm. but yeah it, it didn't it was just like a head mirror thing because again 1800s we don't have any light bulbs and we're doing some cocaine about it uh, so the procedure would start with the doctor making an inverted V-shape incision in the eardrum. Don't touch your eardrum. <laughs> and any bleeding would be controlled with a cotton ball soaked in cocaine. <laughs> and it do bleed. So basically, after the bones were either mobilized or just plain removed with no attempt to patch up the little oval window, things seemed okay at first, maybe a little dizziness for a day or two, but okay after that until people weren't okay after that. Uh, soon patients would suffer from meningitis and even death from the procedure. And in, eight, in 1900, Adam Pulitzer and Friedrich Siebenmann condemned the procedure as, quote, useless, often mutilating, and dangerous, unquote. That's all of the things that you want to see under <laughs> your doctor's name yeah. on Yelp reviews. So after this denouncing of the procedure, Johannes... Uh, is that a Johannes mm -hmm. Kessel would be publicly censored for unscrupulousness and he would soon retire from scientific work and in 1901 would only be remembered for the quote resection of the drum membrane malleus and incus for spuration superation unquote so following the first stapes surgery era we have the fenestration era which is 1910 to 1960 uh, in this era, doctors basically made a ton of improvements to tools, technology, sanitation, operation procedures. And for autology, doctors were beginning to understand the workings of the ear better. George J. Jenkins would suggest a new procedure that would, quote, make an opening in the bony lateral semicircular canal for the treatment of hearing loss of autosclerosis, unquote. Previously, had done this, he had done this procedure to relieve vertigo in a patient, and he called it fenestration hmm. but the positive result results would only last a few days and then the patient would continue to have hearing loss again this all of this is from this same journal by dr shea um he is very adamant about not liking this procedure and gets kind of catty about another doctor julius lampert uh who was a doctor who specialized in fenestration and taught it so that's all we're going to talk about fenestration because i that shit i still doesn't make sense to me at all <laughs> Like, I just, mm -hmm. I kept trying to read about it and I'm like, what the f? What are you talking about? I don't know. Anyways, um, so now we're at the most current era, the second Stapy surgery era, which is from 1952 to present. There is a bit of overlap between the two eras, um, this one and the fenestration. 
um, because it was kind of accidentally started by Samuel Samuel by Samuel Robin L Jackson Samuel L Jackson. <laughs> Uh, gotta stop removing them stapes and motherfucking stapes and motherfucking ears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just throw them all in there. Um, uh, it was accidentally started by Samuel Rosen. He had these unanswered questions about the fenestration procedure and why it only worked sometimes. So he starts digging around in some ears, and in 1952, he pushes backwards on the neck of the stapes to test if it had if it was fixed, and it came loose. And the, and the patient began to hear after. So the patient must have had a fibrous, not bony fixation of the stapes, and this mobilization became the go-to method of operation. Now enters John J. Shea, who had been learning and operating during the fenestration era and, became, and began stapendectomy operations that followed Rosen's findings. He had done extensive research and tests on cadavers in Italy to address the little oval window that the stapes rests on. In that journal, it was stated by him that Italy had a lot of cadavers <laughs> during this time. Convenient. That were available for doctors to practice on, which I thought maybe World War II stuff, but that ended 45, 1945, and he's finishing his research in 1955. So that's like a whole decade I mean, cadavers hang out for a while. Not that long. <laughs> <laughs> Not that long in a healthy manner. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I didn't, again, dead bodies, don't care. <laughs> I'm thinking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. So by 1955, he completes his research and completes an operation where he seals the little oval window with tissue membrane made from a skin graft and replaces the stapes with a prosthetic to conduct the sound. The prosthetic for this operation has a narrow rod of homographed cortical, cortical bone, but the patient's body would soon reject the prosthetic and would have it removed. And Shea then began researching for a biocompatible material for this prosthetic part. Around this time, Teflon was created by DuPont and was being used in a total hip joint prosthesis. This part was being made by the Richards Manufacturing Company, so Shea reaches out and is con in contact with Harry Trace, and together they develop a te Teflon replica of the stapes. Nifty. Picture number nine on the Instagram. The yep. left one is the prosthetic. The right one is the real thing. Hmm. So the base of the prosthetic is the foot plate that sits on the little oval window, and the little hole at the top is where the incus is inserted to affect the prosthetic stapes. So May 1st, 1956, Shea is operating on a patient with hearing loss. He removed the stapes, stapes, covered the oval window with a vein graft, replaces the stapes with a prosthetic, places the incus into the hole in the prosthetic, and the foot plate rests on the little oval window. And the patient is able to hear better immediately. She was under local anesthesia and would hear better while laying on the table. So John J. Shea is credited to resurrecting the stapendectomy procedure, and it is still used to this day. Wow. Yeah. So will I be getting that surgery? No. Not anytime soon. <laughs> uh, I got a second opinion from a surgeon that I would have gone to for this procedure if I decided to go forward with it. And he said to try out hearing aids first because at my age, he was afraid that I would just have new regrowth. 
and that we would just have to do the surgery periodically throughout my life as I age. Mm -hmm. So maybe something to wait on and do a little bit later in life, um, which I'm fine with because I ain't got the time Mm -hmm. to be out for surgery. I, I'm very afraid of surgery. (laughs) Well, it's not as, um, it's not as permanent as like LASIK eye surgery, Mm. but I would imagine it's something similar, like down the road, like a ways, if you get tired of dealing with the hearing aids and all that, if you get tired of dealing with contacts or glasses, like you get LASIK. Right. Yeah. So, So, yeah, for the time being, I have hearing aids. Yeah. Yeah. Still getting used to them. And you can hear all the things. I can hear all the bullshit. Happening around me. All the clothes rustling and... Unless I put my noise-canceling headphones on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it's it's important to hear the shit around you. I I found not being able to hear. I was kind of like not really having a part in my life. And I was just kind of letting shit happen around me and Mm -hmm. didn't really feel like I was a part of anything and... I still choose not really to be a part of anything, but at least I, I know what's happening around me and I can have an opinion on it and I can make decisions without relying on somebody else relaying to me what's just happened because now yeah. I'm listening to them and I'm taking in the inflection that they say it in mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, directly from the source. Right. So it it's good to be able to hear. It's good to be able to be a part of my life. <laughs> you can you can pay for your own groceries at the grocery store now. Yep. You don't have yep. to have me like translate what the person at the counter is saying (laughs) so yeah that's the end of my research wow yeah that's so interesting yep i hope that episode was better i feel like it was yeah i got a better feeling about that one yeah so you want to do uh the the pupper pupper scopes yeah let's do please tell me you found a better one it's our good friend teen bogue no. Oh, uh, what? Well, Lisa Stardust. Oh, who is Teen Vogue? Yeah. So you're you're right. Lisa. 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 Yeah, we when we first recorded this, oh my god. It, I found you, some lady that you had to subscribe to to get her stuff. Well, you didn't have to. It was it was just the way that she wrote stuff out like we're reading horoscopes, y'all. Like this is some stupid shit like <laughs> But the way that she wrote Some hers, like there was nothing definite in it. Like it was literally like this may or may not happen. And it's like, what the, the what, why are you writing this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways. In other news, Wednesday season two is officially happening. Good for them. <laughs> the topics. Anyway. Uh, yeah. So we'll do uh, Charlie first. Little, little Aries baby. What when what's the time frame? Where are we looking at? Here? This week. This week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to say what this week is? Because I did say that your birthday was like two days away. Yeah. This is today is the twenty third. Mm-hmm. Yep. Three so, days away. Yep. Your birthday's on the twenty sixth. Yep. My I am a January twenty sixth. You gonna be an old fart. You gonna yep. be an old fart. Yeah. Twenty nine. Thank you. Please stop. Twenty nine. <laughs> I'm I'm thirty this year, so that's yeah. scary. Uh, all right, Aries, Charlie. Okay, Charlie, listen. Allow yourself to be the recipient of goodwill from your social group. <gasps> Sit back and let others dote on you at the beginning of the week. Let them lavish you with kind words and presents. Aww. The infinite attention you're receiving at the moment shows how much you are cared about by those who love you. With the romance and confidence factor being high this week in your life, 
You might even get an unexpected text message from your current crush. Oh, my goodness. Take this as an opportunity to pay for the good vibes you were getting and invite them out for a date. <gasps> a text for Charlie is like finding another animal's poop in the backyard. It, and <laughs> it is. Maybe we will have an interesting animal poop in the backyard. She was, Um, I hope not. I can't, I don't want any more animals in our backyard. <laughs> we have enough poop in our backyard. <laughs> Mayla's got that covered. She doesn't need help. And Charlie's going to get some extra cuddles this week, I guess. Yeah, maybe. It's, she's not stinky. She's always stinky. Stinky babies. Um, Mayla, uh-huh. Sagittarius. Jealousy can rear its ugly head and create major <gasps> issues between people if the relationship doesn't have a strong foundation. Mayla is jealous of Charlie getting the pets. <laughs> Mayla's jealous of Charlie getting the the poop text messages. Oh! <laughs> Calm down. Uh, this week is coming into your life in a very bizarre way. Wait, what does that say? The relationship doesn't have a strong foundation. This week, it's coming into your life in a very bizarre ways. Like poop. Somebody needs to spell check this. <laughs> Miss Lisa started up. Lisa! <laughs> Uh, mostly through acquaintances who barely know you but are envious of you. Truthfully, you shouldn't dim your light for anyone, especially because of the insecurities of people you barely know. Also, you shouldn't be showing off and acting gauche. Oh. Gauche. 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 That's what it is. Don't be acting gauche. Uh, finding the balance that exists in between these two different vibes will throw the haters off your trail and still allow you to save, to, to allow you to live your best life. I tried so, getting cute with it and it bit me. Mela is going to get super jealous of Charlie getting poop messages. And Charlie is going to like be all snooty about it. And she's going to be like, ooh, I found the poop messages. And Mela's going to be like, well, bitch, I can smell better because I have a bigger nose or whatever. <laughs> our, dogs, our dogs have the most exciting lives. <laughs> and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. That's their week. Do you want do you want yours in honor of your birthday week? Um Yeah, sure, why not? Yeah. Let's see what Miss Lisa Stardust has for me. Lisa. Lisa. Where are you? Where where are you? Oh. 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 It's probably the first one. Of course. Uh unfortunately. You're being put uh, to an emotional test this week. Yep. You have an immense amount of schoolwork to do, and your friends aren't respecting the fact that you're busy doing yep. homework and are okay. urging you to come hang out. The guilt trip they're putting on you isn't fair, and it's making you feel bad about the whole situation. Oh, my God. <laughs> the solution is simple. Turn your phone off and focus on your studies. That way, you won't have FOMO when your squad texts or posts on social media. You can hang out with them when you are back on track with your studies. Oh, my God. Mila and Charlie are going to be like, Mom, so, we got a poop text message. Study. And I'm going to be like, I can't talk to you right now. They're I'm out. in school. They're <laughs> out partying in the backyard and you're like, I can't. I can't. I can't smell the poop. I can't smell the poop with you guys. <laughs> wow. Thanks. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Great. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah. So thanks. that's that's the week. That's autosclerosis and... And pupper, pupper horse. Oh, hello, Mela. There's Mela. Hello. Finally come to join us at the end of the episode. Yeah. She said, you guys have been here for a really long time. Can you come sit with me? 
and pet me. I'm set in our newly rearranged living room because we got stir crazy like hours before we had someone show up. <laughs> because I am manic. <laughs> yeah. Well. If, and started crying because I, uh, I needed my house to be set up a different way. If your manic behavior is limited to rearranging the living room, I think you're doing all right. Uh, you could be not. doing a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, everybody, have a good, good yep. day, morning, evening. Thanks for listening. I hope I have the YouTube up at this point. If it is up, go over there. Go, go over there. Say go to hi. go to the dog hairs free on YouTube. <laughs> Please and, help me feel like this is worth anything. <laughs> and watch all of our episodes. You don't even have to watch it. You you can you can open up seven or eight tabs and just let those babies play. Play and in walk the background. Away. Go Mute make some it. food. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> just do, do something. Yep. All right. All right. See you guys later. Bye. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Dog hairs free. <laughs> <laughs>